0: spends
1: hours in hardware stores sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. All right. Joe Sucho. Pay attention. So I'm perusing these websites today, and I come across something called Portraits from an Endless Summer. Uh, and the website was uh Photo, Getty photo spelled F-O-T-O, gettyimages.com. I suppose you could go there to see this. And, it, and I, I started reading. Most of us cherish a dream of an ideal getaway. Sailboats anchored off a white sand beach, a road trip down the Oregon coast, warm days and cool nights beside a rippling northern lake. Whatever the landscape, the feel of the dream is the same, a sense of abiding calm. During the middle part of the 20th century and pictures taken around the world, photographer George Slim Aarons crafted pictures steeped in that timeless sensibility. Aarons himself said that his pictures chronicled attractive people doing attractive things in attractive places. Here, Photo presents newly discovered, previously unseen Slim Aarons pictures taken between 1957 and 1980. They were released by the Getty Images Gallery. These photos show us, as if for the first time, the endless summer of our dreams. And they're extraordinary. They're gorgeous. They're beautiful. Yeah. And it's it's basically famous people, mm. but doing normal things, maybe in a sailboat or uh, on a beach or at a party. Yeah. One, one of his most famous uh, pictures I learned today was called The Kings of Hollywood. Okay. And it was taken on uh, New Year's Eve, 1957, among Aaron's most, you know, the I word. Yeah, you know. yeah. Uh, photos is the celebrated picture from 1957, known as the Kings of Hollywood, featuring four of the movie's greatest male stars: Clark Gable, Gary Cooper, Van Heflin, and Jimmy Stewart, in white tie and tails, laughing together at a bar. The punchline, it turns out, was Aaron's himself. Gable was regaling his friends with tales of what an awful actor Aaron's was, having once seen the photographer struggle with a small part in a film that starred Gable and Sophie Loren. This is the company that Slim kept. The picture, these guys couldn't have been handsomer. There was nothing, there was no affectation about them. They're they're smiling at each other, and they got a martini going, and it, it was just gorgeous, handsome as they could be. Same mm-hmm. way he took pictures of women. So I, I looked this guy up, and uh, he was awarded the Purple Heart for his uh, getting wounded in World War II. He enlisted at age 18. He was a photographer at West Point and later served as a combat photographer in World War II. And there's your, there's your D-Day link. Yep. And earned a uh, Purple Heart. Uh, he once said combat had taught him the only beach worth landing on was decorated with beautiful semi-nude girls tanning in a <laughs> tranquil sun. <laughs> After the war, he moved to California and began photographing celebrities. In California, he shot his most praised photo, Kings of Hollywood. As I mentioned, a 1957 New Year's Eve photo depicting Clark Gable, Van Heflin, Gary Cooper, and James uh, Stewart. Aaron's work appeared in Life, Town, and Country, and Holiday magazines. He never used a stylist or a makeup artist. He made his career out of what he called photographing attractive people doing attractive things in attractive places. Uh, an off-sited example of this approach is his 1970 poolside gossip shot at Richard Neutra's. Kaufman House, I don't know what that means, with owner Nelda Linsk Linsk as one of the models in the photo. I knew everyone, he said in an interview with the London Independent in 02. They would invite me to one of their parties because they knew I wouldn't hurt them. I was one of them. Alfred Hitchcock's film Rear Window, whose main character is a photographer played by Jimmy Stewart, is set in an apartment reputed to be based on Aaron's apartment. In 1997, Mark Getty, the co-founder of Getty Images, visited Aaron's in his home and bought Aaron's entire archive. Uh, in 2017, filmmaker Fritz Mitchell released a documentary about Aaron's called Slim Aaron's The High Life. Oh, I'd like
0: to see that. I just pulled up that Kings of Hollywood picture. Isn't, isn't it just... That, you know what that is? Handsome. Cool. Yeah, handsome a good... Cool. Cool. Ha- but handsome, that is handsome. Okay.
1: This is why I'm saying they would have been considered the beautiful people this guy was the photographer of the beautiful people mm-hmm. but not in an obsequious way he wasn't he, he was known to them they were known to him the so-called beautiful people today might be physically beautiful right but they're no they're not to be looked up to they they exist only to be photographed there's no other reason Kardashian gets her fat ass out of bed every morning other than to be photographed. Right?
0: I see the def- hyperbole. Yeah, That's I see why the- she
1: exists. This guy, he might have been invited to a party at Clark Gable's house, let's say. And he might have been having a drink. But then he saw what he thought would be a, a gorgeous photograph of somebody. So he took it. They didn't mind it. They didn't know he was going to do it. And they weren't there to be photographed. There's the distinction. But they didn't mind that he did take their picture. I got an, an email from an uh, emailer, uh, uh, Jill, who writes, the beautiful people used to be well-respected, not just famous. They made the world a better place. The problem today is there are very few, if any, People deserving of respect. I think Barbara Bush was a beautiful person. Alas, I can't think of anyone else. She's on the track that I'm on. When you look at the photos this guy took, the men and women, you realize these kinds of people are no longer with us.
2: Hmm. Or if they are, we don't know about them. <laughs> the, that photo, by the way, I just posted to the yeah. GLP. Isn't it neat? It is cool.
1: Look Look at some of his other ones. They're extraordinary. They're gorgeous. I texted John Camp because he's uh, in the art world as yeah. a hobby. Yeah. And I said, Have you ever heard of Slim Aaron's? And he said, Yeah, Kings of Hollywood. He texted back right away. I had never heard of this guy prior to today. How do you spell errands? Aaron's? A A R O N S. A A Ron.
0: Thank you. A A Ron. Um, uh,
1: Aarons, who was awarded a Purple Heart after being wor- wounded in World War II, once said that if combat taught him anything, it was that the only beach worth landing on was decorated with beautiful, semi-nude girls tanning in a tranquil sun. Today, when the rich—I don't think he was disparaging of landing on Normandy Beach, by the way. I think we all know what he means. Right. You know, everybody went through hell to land on that beach. If we had our own way, the only beach we'd land on would be. (laughs) Right. Today, when the rich and famous sometimes seem more desperate for attention than the rest of us, Aaron's pictures are a reminder that attractive people once spent their days and nights quietly and discreetly doing attractive things in attractive places. Luckily, Slim Aaron's was there to capture it all. A lost world that, all these years later, still shapes and colors our dreams. I, I, I'm so happy I discovered this guy today. I'm sure there are books I can get of his works. And, uh, I, in fact, I know there are, because I looked them up on the, on the yeah, Wikipedia. Yeah, that's cool.
0: I'm looking at some of his other pictures.
1: He died in 2006 in Montrose, New York. He was born in 1916. How old was he? He was born in 1916? Yeah. So he would have been, what, 90? 90. Yep. Yeah. Uh, He's buried at Mount Auburn Cemetery in Cambridge, Massachusetts. He was married. I don't see anything about children. Uh,
0: I took some good photos
1: of Marilyn Monroe. It got me to thinking. Slim errands doesn't exist today, nor do his subjects.
0: No, because TMZ is
1: not Slim Aarons. How about this,
2: before you go any further? Mm -hmm. I think Ken may have nailed it. And pardon me if you uh, mentioned part of this. Mm -hmm. The boys don't get what beautiful people means. They usually had money, but more importantly, they had a degree of class.
1: Absolutely. Clooney would
2: fit the bill. The Bush family, the Obamas also, the Royals, of course. Hard to think of many more because we know too much about celebrities now. Maybe Tom Brady. That's a good suggestion. Tom Brady could fit the beautiful people. Uh, He and the bride.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not I mean, going to... It's a little, a little weird. For- well, he
2: does, they, in public, they're well-dressed
1: and, and classy. And and,
2: and they, he's been nothing but a classy they individual. They do
1: attractive things in attractive places. Okay.
2: That's but a good what, email, Kim. But
1: what passes for the beautiful people today are these B-list reality type hags wow. who exist only to be photographed. The they scale,
3: have
0: no class. Right, the scale used to be here... And now it's it's here.
1: The decline of moral and ethical integrity must be factored in. I can't name you.
0: I okay. I'm
1: not put off my feed by George Clooney. I don't know that I look up to him because he he will be he would be insisting that you appreciate the fact that of course he's a liberal. I bet those four guys at the bar uh, Van Heflin, Gary Cooper, Clark Gable, and Jimmy Stewart. I'm not sure people would have known what their politics were. That's another big difference. Oh, that's true, too. They were discreet and classy. I'm not saying, by the way, they were choir boys. I have no idea. Jimmy Stewart was reported to be pretty, pretty solid guy, pretty faithful guy, modest. Today, who are these? They don't exist. Oh, I got one. I got one today. Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges? If you had to pick four guys standing at a bar today on New Year's Eve, and they were classy guys, and you called them the kings of Hollywood, who would they be? Maybe it would be Jeff Bridges, George Clooney. Help me come up with two more. Carrot Top? No. I I don't want to be foolish right now. I, oh, want, to, I want answers. Uh, okay,
0: George Clooney. Well, you throw Brady in there? I don't well, know that I an want to actor. Talk to him. I said,
1: give me four kings oh, of Hollywood ass. right now, and they're posed at the same oh. bar uh, that uh, uh, Slim posed these. That these guys found Slim found these guys. He didn't pose them. They were at the bar, and Slim took their picture.
2: The guy I can't think of the guy's name.
1: Hugh Jackman.
0: Um, no, said hasn't achieved that status yet. Well, no. I'm going to give you Jeff Bridges,
1: George Clooney. I can't come up with two more right off the top of my head. I can't. Can't. Sure. Take a. Uh...
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man.
0: It's the end of the world as we know it. The is fine. Joe Sucheret.
1: Naomi. Yes. Hi. Hi, you're on the okay. Air. How
4: cool? How cool would this be at a bar? Matthew McConaughey. Yep. Matt Damon. Yep. And the Bond guy was it? Daniel Craig. Yep. I'd like to have a drink with those three. I don't know.
2: <laughs> All right. I'm sure you would. So, <laughs> so would I. All right, thank you. <laughs> That's who I was thinking okay. of, McConaughey. She nailed it. I think he would be good. And then uh, uh, emailer Wilson
1: writes, Jeff Bridges, George Clooney, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Brad Pitt. No, not DiCaprio. He was a hypocrite. Here, here let, let's not play this game because there there's no way to do it. And it's missing my larger point. The cultural decline, if in fact we are in one, has taken along with it the beautiful people. There, it's, it's that simple. When you look at this guy's photographs, mm-hmm. and you look at who he photographed, and what they were doing when he photographed them, they were playing tennis, or sailing, or swimming, or uh, standing at a bar with their martini. When you look at the photographs, you realize who, these people aren't around anymore.
0: Frank but, Sinatra, uh, Sammy Davis Jr., yeah. that that style, Dean Martin. Not that again. Not that they were choir guys, boys, yeah. But no, they were.
1: But there's a difference for the most part, their public personas were fairly neutral. Okay. It's only in the world of the tell-all biographies that you learn what hounds they were, for example. Right. that right. I, I don't want to go there either. Okay. I, I don't think I... I'm trying not to make this complicated. <laughs> too late. Right. I guess it is too late. Hit the staples button on this one. What... what if if we are in a cultural decline, if we are in a period of, of of the decline of moral and ethical integrity, along what got taken along with that was the notion of there being a crowd of beautiful people. That's what I'm trying to say. I got you. And and I don't I don't count DiCaprio. He's a he's a he's an in your face political activist who's a hypocrite. The beautiful people would not have been
2: in-your-face political activists. He I have no repre- idea what Jimmy Stewart's politics. You know what DiCaprio does, though? He almost represents the change in what the exact thing you're talking about. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? In that, in in other words, in whatever whatever year that photograph was taken, that we just posted the GL page. The person that represented the beautiful people on that photo. Is almost on the opposite end of the spectrum as Leo DiCaprio is in 2018.
1: Yeah, for the simple reason that the beautiful people weren't telling the rest of us how to live. There, there. Oh, that's it is. The, okay, there there's it is. the difference. Boom. There it
0: is. They weren't telling the rest of us how to live. They were too classy for that. When they were on Johnny Carson yep. or, or the Tonight Show and the Fit, whatever it was prior to, um, and I can't verify that, but on Johnny, when you saw those stars on there, it wasn't a political. Everything. Every time somebody comes on Jimmy Kimmel, or I don't even watch late night television anymore. It's all either. politics. I really don't either. It's just all nonsense. But that—that's case in point. You don't know what their politics was when they sat on with Johnny Carson. Troy. Is it Troy? Tell him Troy.
1: Uh, all right. <laughs> yep. David. Hi, Joe. I Denzel Washington.
0: All right, thank you, Denzel. All right, All right, okay, here. Denzel. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah. I don't really know what Denzel's politics are. You know why?
1: I'd add him. But again, I just a minute. Who's that? John?
0: John? No, the Flashlight King. Hail you. Uh, I know you don't want to keep his chewing names, but uh, I liken Tom Hanks to today's James Stewart. I will
1: accept that. You're right. Thank you.
0: Thank you. All right, here.
1: Our task is not to come up with the new kings of Hollywood. Our task is to understand that that class in any arena, be it uh, filmmaking, uh, politics, business, class has taken a beating. Is that a fair statement? That class has taken has taken a beating. We can all come up with four guys we'll put at the bar and call them the kings of Hollywood. They're probably pretty good guys. That's not what I was after. What intrigued me in coming upon this Slim errands for the first time in my life was he was on to something that's now missing. And that is the world of, of beautiful people who... Who may not even have necessarily been physically beautiful, but they made the beautiful people rankings because they were so classy. There, yeah, that's it.
0: I oh, think yeah. I got. It. I think yeah. you just. I think you just swept it all up into the dustpan. I think I did. Put it all together. Yeah. Would you throw Tom Hanks out there? I, I'm not playing that game. Damn I told it. you. I just.
1: Didn't you hear what I just said? Going. Yeah,
0: you're not playing Everybody the game.
1: could come up with four guys. That I'm still probably coming are up good guys. Yeah, and so Hanks coming.
0: would be one of them, sure. Right. You, said done, right. you said you're done, but I'm still doing mine. Oh well
1: that, that's not the that's not what I was after upon uh, okay. trying to Okay, let me throw people. one
0: more at you. Bruce Vale. Would you want to have see Bruce Vale in a bar with
3: <laughs> yes, Matthew McConaughey, really? And then behind bars. I would. <laughs>
1: right. We'll okay. be back in just a moment, but now thanks to our great friends in Owatonna, Minnesota, at Federated Insurance, where it's their business to protect your business, and nobody does that better than Federated. It is Bruce Vale from the Wall Street Journal in Your Money Now. You know, I'd like to be seen in a bar
3: sometime. I'm usually behind them. Right, you so, want to be out in front. Yeah, I want to be out there where I'm you know, getting some action going. Uh, looking at a pretty good day today. Financial stocks are rebounding after closing lower yesterday, and the Dow Jones Industrial Average is up almost 300 points, 299 and change right now. The NASDAQ composite is ahead 41 points and the S&P 500 is up 19, so it looks like we'll have a winning day. The U.S. trade deficit shrank more than 2% in April, 2.1% before President Trump's tariffs took effect and it fell to a seven-month low. But the gap is still on track to widen this year to the highest level in a decade. Exports edged up three-tenths of a percent in April as the U.S. shipped out the most domestically produced petroleum in five years, along with more soybeans and more corn. Higher jet fuel prices are pushing airlines to start raising their fares, and Delta Airlines has cut its profit expectations. Delta said it could take 6 to 12 months to recoup the extra fuel costs via pricier tickets. I'm Bruce vail with your Money Now on 1500 ESPN. All right, thank you very much, Bruce. We'll talk to you
0: in about uh, an hour with your uh, Sports Talk report. And just a quick reminder, it's Wednesday, and if you're looking, I don't know, for something to do, maybe this weekend, maybe the weekend after, or just in the future, why don't you go to our website, 1500 ESPN.com. you can find out exactly what station events are coming up and also check out the deals page we've got some pretty darn good deals where you can save a whole lot of money father's day just around the corner yep you're gonna find something for dad grandpa or your son whatever the case may be go to the deals page it's right on our website 1500 espn.com to learn more garage logic will return right after this.com you Dot com.
4: John Thank you, Joe. It's partly cloudy and 76 degrees. This update brought to you by the Duluth Training Company. Visit Duluth Trading Company stores in Fridley, Bloomington, Woodbury, and downtown Duluth. Twins and White Sox again tonight from Target Field. The two teams split a doubleheader last night. Tonight, Jacob Dorisi pitches for the Twins. Former twin Hector Santiago pitches for the White Sox. Uh, down in South Dakota, a high school golfer cost herself and her team a state championship when she self-reported an error she'd made on her scorecard. Sue Falls oh, Christian won. It's just so something, isn't it? <laughs> it's what? Yeah, it's just something. They
0: need to learn how to cheat more like basketball, you know? Well, traveling. let's find
4: out what she did. Sue Falls Christian won the Class A Girls State Golf Tournament on Tuesday, with senior Kate Winja finishing first overall for the second year in a row. Winja, who finished several shots ahead, realized she'd submitted an incorrect scorecard, crediting herself with a four on the 18th hole instead of a five. She told the Argus leader, I knew I needed to tell them. It was really sad, mostly because I knew what the result would be. I knew I'd be disqualified, and it broke my heart for the team, but I knew I couldn't leave without saying something. She had to. Mm-hmm. No options. Uh, she won last year, so she already had a taste. Let's no go. No options. Too bad Kenny's not here to give his view on this. Right. He would be very.
0: He would never hire her again, ever. Because if Larry
2: was watching at home, he'd call in and say, oh, he
0: moved that tree
2: branch six right. inches. He improved his life. That, that
1: wasn't the case here. She signed an incorrect scorecard. I know,
2: I know. She needed to report that. Yeah. She had her coach. Well, she would have been caught anyway, right? Not necessarily. If it was no. a state final? Well, who would have caught her? No, somebody no, would have been so keeping track. Yeah. Well, don't they monitor? Well, don't you have a... I have no idea. No, she signed an
1: incorrect scorecard. She did what she was supposed to do. That's a ray of hope. And you don't monitor in golf, damn it, because
0: uh, it's all on your honor. <laughs> Even though every time I play with some jackass, he's trying to cheat the hell out of me by a, his foot wedge or something else. What's uh, her I, name, Jen? Can
4: I pick this uh, up? Her name is Kate Winja. Congratulations, Kate Winja. You did exactly what you were supposed to do. Uh, by the way, she said her team, even though they dropped from first to second, were very supportive. I'm the sure football, they would. You have so. to. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you found one
0: bratty kid that was not. <laughs>
4: News notes from today. Uh, Lois Reese was indicted this afternoon for first degree murder with a firearm. 56 year old woman accused of killing her husband in Minnesota, then killing a woman in April on Fort Myers Beach. Detect- uh, Detective said Reese murdered 59 year old Pamela Hutchinson of Bradenton because they looked alike, then stole her white Acura, her credit cards, and her identity. The state attorney's office in Florida convened the Lee County grand jury to also indict Reese on charges of grand theft of a motor vehicle, grand theft, and criminal use of personal identification information on a deceased individual. The indictment for first-degree murder with a firearm supersedes the second-degree murder charge filed earlier by the state attorney's office. Uh, she's scheduled to be arraigned on charges June 11th, and, of course, she still will face charges after that here in Minnesota in the death I of I can't uh, think
1: of his name, so find it for me without any of your nonsense. Okay. Uh, who lost the Masters for signing an incorrect scorecard? I uh, can't remember his name. I'll check on that right now without nonsense. Uh, <laughs> 1956, was it? Uh, well, keep going, John. You can't wait for him
2: to do this. you well, got to keep going, because it might take him 10 minutes. Robert DiVincenzo? DiVincenzo, yeah. DiVincenzo, 1968. 68. Signed an incorrect scorecard. That cost him the title, right? Yes. Yep. It was the 32nd Masters Tournament, yep. held April 11th through the 14th at Augusta National Golf Club. I, I know where they play that. Yeah. On <laughs> the first hole of the day, <laughs> no, he Matt, sank Matt. a 130-foot approach shot for an eagle.
4: That's amazing. It is. That's a House, long one. House Speaker Paul Ryan? Bob
2: Golby won his
4: only major <laughs> championship one stroke ahead of him. Okay. House Speaker Paul Ryan is breaking with President Trump, agreeing with others who say there's no evidence that the FBI planted a spy in the president's 2016 campaign in an effort to hurt his chances at the polls. Di Vincenzo,
2: by the way, is also the reigning <laughs> British Open champion. That, that year, that year,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. I think he's Argentina. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he was mm-hmm. from Argentina. Yeah, it
4: is Roberto. I noticed yeah. not not Robert as you stated. Did I say you said Robert? Oh, yes. I'm sorry. The president has insisted. <laughs> president has insisted. The agency planted a spy to help crooked Hillary win. In his words. Both Ryan and House Oversight Co- Government Reform Chairman uh, Trey Gowdy, both Republicans, of course, attended a classified briefing last month following reports. The FBI used an informant in its Russian election meddling investigation to speak to members of the Trump campaign who had possible connections to Russia. Gowdy said afterward the FBI was merely doing its duty. Ryan today told reporters he thinks Gowdy's initial assessment is accurate. He says he sees no evidence to the contrary of what Gowdy said. On the President's orders, the Department of Justice conducted two briefings for a handful of members of Congress. We lost him on June
0: 1st of 2017 <laughs> at 94.
4: Roberto?
2: Yep. The purse for that year was $20,000 for that master's. A popular St. Paul...
1: Wish c- that kid in Sioux Falls would have signed the correct scorecard. Never would have had to which, go through this. i never
4: brought the story <laughs> in. Popular St. Paul... Hey, we're on point.
0: Yeah. More information than you can find.
4: Well, no, you guys found it, oh, yeah. so anybody can right. find it. A popular wow. <laughs> a popular St. Paul Cathedral Hill neighborhood bar is closed. The Muddy Pig posted on its Facebook no! page that <clears throat> yesterday was its last day of business. Uh, they posted, like many recent closings, it has oh. been tough times financially for small independents like the Muddy Pig. That's like the fourth one in St. Paul in the last
2: couple of weeks. Oh, I thought you just found another interesting stat about our golf art.
4: I can. The posts. The Post said, we gave it a good run for 16 years, created many wonderful memories for St. Paul. Thank you to uh, everyone for your love and support. We're going to miss you. Known for its large beer list, the Muddy Pig had built itself as the original craft beer bar in the Twin Cities. Jerry Marin, born Jared Merengue, uh, Jared, uh, excuse me, Maringey, the last living munchkin from The Wizard of Oz, has died, according <coughs> to his niece. Stacey Mitchell Barrington confirmed his death to Fox News, saying he died more than a month ago, but the family decided to hold off on sharing the news with the media. She said, I wish I had grown up with him and had spent more time being around growing up. She said, I'm grateful to have had such an important person in my family. Uncle Jerry would want the legacy of The Wizard of Oz to continue. The 98-year-old actor died in a nursing care facility in San Diego, California. He played many roles over the years, but he was best known for his time as the lollipop toting munchkin in The Wizard of Oz. He
1: had never met another little person before filming Oz. No, not until I got to MGM and there were 124 of us, young boys, young girls, old guys, and old women, Maren said. We were all paid 50 bucks a week because we didn't have agents. They thought we were stupid and we knew we were getting the shaft. Toto was getting 150 a week. (laughs) What? The dog. Toto made more? Yeah.
0: Wow. The Munchkins had their
1: fun, though. He was the lollipop toting munchkin. Did you say that? John? I did. Yep,
2: yeah. Yep. Uh, so so I, He had the speaking part, the the main uh, singing we, part, right? We represent yeah. the lollipop.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The now, lollipop you, league, right? I
0: think so.
2: Yeah. I thought it was guild.
1: A oh. uh, guild, whatever. The lollipop I'm not guild. Sure. Yeah. It oh. was the guild, the lollipop guild. Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Uh, What's wrong? With a you? story of the one that kind of got away here. One of the rarest Ford Mustangs in the world. Is for sale on eBay right now for just $3,000. And that's either either way too much or not enough. Here's why. It's a 1970 Mustang Mach 1 428 Super Cobra jet drag pack. Unfortunately, basically all that's left is the shell of the car. Why? Because it got swallowed by lava? Stripped of Stripped of its engine, transmission, rear axle, hood, doors, dashboard, and pretty much everything other than the body and windows. It's sitting in a yard in Iowa with weeds growing out of it and a rusty undercarriage. Well, why is it considered uh, it's it's worthless? It still has its VIN and buck tags. Big deal. Mustang historian Kevin Marty used them to check his archives. He found it's one of just 23 cars like it that were built in 1970 without the Ram Air option and is the only one of them that was originally painted lime green. Hmm. In other words, it's a one-of-one one car. If it were in perfect condition, over hundred grand easily. Marty says, though, uh, I've seen worse cars brought back to life. Although, if you saw the pictures of this, it just is the shell, nothing else.
2: But would it be worthwhile for someone to restore it, Joe? If if it's I, I can't
1: imagine why you would. Hmm. Uh, you, the only thing you could you could claim
4: is that you have the VIN number for one of twenty three made. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, this uh, fella, this Kevin Marty, said uh, he helped authenticate. A 68 Ford Mustang GT in similar condition to the Mach 1 that was found rotting away in a Mexican junkyard last year turned out to be one of the cars used when they made Bullet. Mm -hmm. The other resurfaced at the Detroit Auto Show in January after being kept hidden away by the family that owned it for decades. Ralph Garcia Jr. hastily fixed up the Mexican Mustang after its discovery. uh, Now is putting it through a proper restoration with input from Ford experts. He says he expects it to be done by the end of summer. What
0: does that mean? He hastily put it through a... The process. Just I
4: don't. Know, he painted it with a broom. I said <laughs> VIN number.
1: You don't need to say VIN and number. Because uh, that's the, a good N point is I, the number. Uh, the VIN, VIN is, is the, the vehicle identification number.
4: Yep. And I even typed it correctly. And I said VIN yeah. number too. Yeah. Uh, kind of like, like RBIs. I know, it's, uh, no, no, it's, not it's any, Nothing it's not like remotely
1: our, no, close to no, that. Nothing, not very no. different. Not even in the same. No, God, I like, have a question coming up that I just dread asking you two idiots (laughs) what's in ladies and
2: gentlemen
0: what's the weather going to be like (laughs) you guys we don't know (laughs) you'll learn
1: more here by accident than elsewhere by design here's joe suchere here's sam ryan in the channel 5 weather center hi thanks
5: joe well the rest of the afternoon is looking pretty nice out there for today we'll see partly cloudy skies Sunset will occur at around 8.56 later on this evening. Overnight tonight, we'll drop down to a comfortable low of 64 degrees. Then tomorrow, partly cloudy again. There'll be some high cloudiness out there during the afternoon, 82 for a high. Then tomorrow night, a system will form out to our west and spread east across the state. Looks like the best chance of showers and thunderstorms will move in on Friday, perhaps a few in the morning, and then a few more during the evening hours. Once again on Friday, a high of 82. On Saturday, we'll be left over with uh, plenty of clouds out there, so mostly cloudy on Saturday, high 82 again. And then Sunday, we should start to clear back out. Partly cloudy, high of 81. So a nice-looking weekend ahead. And, uh, Joe, I have your records. June 6th. 97. 97. In 2011. 2011. And 36. 36.
1: 1897. 1897. Thank you. Thanks a lot.
3: She left her path And the lily-white fences e uh,
1: emailer Tim has sent me some astounding facts about D-Day. And okay. he's emailed uh, frequently. I have no reason to uh, uh, to doubt him. He said they come from the Express newspaper of London. It was on this day in 1944 that the lads stormed the beaches at Normandy.
0: And I okay, well, I'm going uh, I learned something today about my uncle that I did not know. Yeah. Uh, somebody had did a blog, and I, I ran his name, mm-hmm. and it appeared here. I always thought he stormed the beach of Normandy. He uh, he was in the 175th Infantry a Regiment, 29th Division. However, when he joined the army, the 29th Infantry was already in England, so he did not land on Omaha Beach with the 175th. He rejoined them at a later as a D-Day replacement. All right, but he fought in the Battle of Saint Lo and lost his life.
1: In the summer of 1943, an early copy of the plans blew out a window in Norfolk House, London. A man who was passing by handed them in, saying his sight was too bad to read them. (laughs) In May of 1944, crucial code words for D-Day began appearing in Daily Telegraph crosswords. An MI5 investigation failed to find any evidence of foul play. One officer decided to to test security among his men. He sent 30 members of the Women's Auxiliary Air Force to local pubs to see if any of his troops would divulge the top-secret plan. No one did. Ha! A phantom army of dummy camps, planes, and tanks was constructed in Kent and Essex in order to deceive Germans into thinking the invasion would be at Calais.
0: But, ah, oh, people treat them.
1: Uh, Nazi leader Adolf Hitler was asleep when word of the invasion arrived. No one dared wake him, and it said vital time was lost in sending reinforcements. Hmm. New gadgets were designed specifically for D-Day, including a flame-throwing tank called the Crocodile and collapsible motorbikes. The flat-bottom landing craft, those were Higgins boats, were originally designed to rescue flood victims on the Mississippi River. I didn't know that. They were made, in, I think Higgins was made in New Orleans. Mm. Uh, and it, here's one, and I don't want your smart-ass six-year-old response out of respect for all the guys who died. Okay. But this is very interesting. Yeah. Condoms were issued to the soldiers. Can you imagine why? And it had nothing to do with sexual activity.
0: I would have thought it would have had to do with um, activity of the no promiscuous kind. No, why? Christ, they're writing a beach.
1: It, think about it. I am not sure. It would have taken me a while to get it. Okay, it, you got it. One gotta, more time,
0: give it to me again.
1: Condoms were issued to soldiers.
0: Why? To keep something dry. You are right. There you go. Oh,
1: I got an intelligent answer. Well, what?
2: six.
1: You keep keep your feet. The ends of the rifles. Really? Yeah. And they would just time... Oh, well, that makes sense. Yes. The D in D-Day actually only stood for day and was simply used to preserve secrecy. I didn't... Shut say up. Shut the hell up. I didn't up. say one word.
0: Didn't say well, one your word. little friend is excited about something. Say hello to my little friend. No, yes, I mean... This this my, little r- friend. R- my little friend. My little friend is...
2: <laughs> I, I think I held back. I held back. I think little friend... But you even came up with it. But... Okay, I'm not. I'm. I'm 100. Seriously, trying not to be disrespectful. All right, but I want. I gotta ask. All right, were there a couple of
0: confused soldiers? No. That, look at all these condoms. Okay, you're looks. kind of. You're kind oh, of on my. Okay.
2: Who? Who's the guy that said, "Hey, um, got an idea?" Right, throwing it out there. <laughs> just spitballing. It's a here. hell
0: of an idea. it. I'm not it. saying it
2: was a wrong idea. I'm just saying who said I got an I idea. Got an idea. So you well, just put I don't on know. The end of your maybe rifle. it was
1: Eisenhower. For all I know. I don't know. I don't know.
0: What are you doing, uh, private? Uh, practicing, <laughs> practicing tying. You can't my, help yourself. Practicing you? tying my rifle up so the bullets don't get wet the, or gunpowder. The, uh, they didn't have muskets back then.
1: No, man, they
0: they didn't. They All didn't. kidding aside, God bless each and every one of them that made it and didn't make it. Mm-hmm. So. What do you go from I get here? Ter- I,
1: mean, I get terribly disappointed.
2: I held back.
0: I think I held you back. Wait that, a minute. You wait. Consider a Consider that holding back. Yeah. Wait a minute. I
2: waited until you were done. Yeah. Not one part of you thought when you asked that question, knowing your staff. What did I, I? I
1: I I previewed it though. I said I don't want any of your silly answers. You did. You did. Out of respect
0: for those guys, and we are very respectful. Yeah. A couple of guys probably thought it was for the party after when we're we get through and kick German asses? Mm-hmm. Woo!
1: Well, I, I hope those lucky enough to have survived and, and found that to be the case uh, were, were able to enjoy themselves.
0: Yes. Right? I, I certainly hope so. Yeah.
2: This is my rifle. I have one more note here. Uh, uh, concerning D-Day? No. Oh.
0: Slim errands? No.
2: Uh,
0: Roberto visconti
1: It's being reported that animals are speaking to each other all over the world. Oh. Oh, mm-hmm, no,
2: mm-hmm, no, mm-hmm. no,
1: and I buy it. I I think when you watch a couple of squirrels running around a tree, yep. you know damn well they're communicating somehow.
0: I've seen uh, I've seen monkeys do it.
1: It's yep. going somewhere.
0: Yeah, they were all in a bar, and they were telling the okay. uh, a joke. You know, I try to bring you some. F- a penguin needed his car fixed, right? And I, I don't want to hear the okay. joke. <laughs> well, what was wrong with it? Uh, he had blown a seal. The uh, the engine was sure was wrong. Th- these are picked. These are these are researchers who have found that animals are
1: communicating with each other. Birds, uh, animals, they're they're talking to each other.
0: What kind of okay. car was it? A Penguin's car. They all they love a cars. Volkswagen. I think the penguin doesn't. It was irrelevant. They, was... you know. And I, there was a really hot, there was a really hot monkey at the end of the park. <laughs> she had the, the blonde wig. <laughs> and when this guy told this this car joke, hey, it uh, she thought it was rather funny. Five
1: Wednesdays a year, I leave at three o'clock. You know, I, the in the, the laughter is over. Right. The humor is done. F- five Wednesdays a year, I leave at three o'clock. Yeah. Here's an the f-
0: official list. I'm not right done here. here.
1: I have an appointment today at 3, so I'm not going to be here at 3, but here's what I'm, why I'm telling you this. I urge you to stay tuned uh, because the strangest pool story ever is going to be told by Patrick. You you can't imagine. Yeah, this is a call your friends. Call yeah, you your You've got to listen to this one. You've got to tell people. Go online. you got you to listen. you got in a building. To, he called me last night, and I, I got going with the duck laugh, and I thought I was going to need the 911.
0: Uh, I got your text,
1: and I couldn't wait for, for 3 o'clock today. Because, uh, and, and he doesn't need me here. He'll tell it. And it's it's the strangest damn pool story you're ever going to hear.
0: Right? And it has a, a fun ending. You know? Every, everything's okay. Right? Oh, yeah. You want to take us to Something break? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, let me, why don't I take us to break, and you kind of get ready to leave and stuff like that. Yeah, okay? all right. Okay. All right.
3: I when, I, remember, I, remember
4: when
1: I lost my mind University of Garage Logic, 98, College of Self-Esteem, Zip, Nada, Not Nothing Here's Joe Souchere. For years, Patrick has called the pool the money pit Yes And his travails have been all
0: over the map Yeah This one takes the cake The cake Big cake Big cake Big cake, Big cake. This one's pretty. De- the twenty five hundred dollar dive is a fun little story yeah. that uh, that that happened a while ago. That doesn't even compare to this. And he's going
1: to in. He's going to tell you this story and uh, sit down. Be pull off to the side of the road. Do something. Yeah. Be prepared to safeguard yourself. If you're
0: in the garage. Have that garage door. it open. gives you the
1: duck laugh uh, when it gets going there. Yeah. Fifteen hundred. ES- you take care of yourself today.
0: Pardon? This afternoon.
1: 1,500 <laughs> ESPN is KSTP. Your appointment. St. Paul, Minneapolis. What's the temperature? 75 there, oh, warming up nicely. Okay, then.